Okay, so B'siyat HaNashmaya, we're going to begin to uh, conclude. Sichas Ran Hay, after a number of shiurim, I think we have three shiurim so far, this is the fourth shiur on Sichas Ran Hay, we're going to, Be'ezer Hashem, go through the end of Sichas Ran Hay, which is obviously related to what we've been discussing, but another chilek of it, and then we're going to delve into Sicha Vav, and then we'll be all cut up to start a new Sicha Be'ezer Hashem next time, with the help of the Master of the World, thank you guys for schlepping out in the not-so-nice weather, and um, let's, uh, let's begin, okay? So... I don't see that you're right. You don't have it in front of you, so try to follow along. It's a little bit of a lengthy piece over here, but it's one Indian. It's not, you know, it's one thing. So continuing what we've been learning until this point in Sichahei, Va'amar, the Heliger Rebbe says, that these strategies, Va'amtsais, and different kinds of inventions, Shemtsiwa philosophim chachmasam, that either philosophers, with regard to political philosophy, for example, right, and philosophy isn't simply just speculation, there's actual things that are built, right, of certain kinds of thinking, for example, like I said, political philosophy about a country, right, how are we, what's the best way for a country to be arranged, what's the best kind of declaration of Independence, you know, our, our constitution, right? That, uh, that you know, that's that's going to give rise to a to a to a functioning society. So all of these kind of things, shem siwa philosophim chachmasam kagoyin, and for example, physically, right? Chaimel chamaniflaim, inventors that sit and spend their whole lives trying to invent something awesome that can be used in war, that can be used to vanquish the enemy, to kill as many people as possible in the quickest way possible. Ushar Kalam Asuyim and all other kinds of vessels, all other kinds of objects that they create, that they invent with all of their different thoughts and all their different wisdoms, Alpi Chachma, all of the different wisdom that is Kulam Chachma Sista, right? That, that, that is invested into this invention or this vessel. And all these other kinds of things, that all of their chachamim are inventing all of these new things that appear to be brand new in the world that never existed before, even though Shlomo Melech already said, that everything already existed in the past. Amar Rabbi Nachman says an interesting thing, the truth is, is that all of these inventions that ultimately aside from the fact that it didn't come from them, but that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends into a person's brain a certain idea, why Dafka, and Ibn Nachman is going to say, why Dafka this Chacham and not somebody else? Why Dafka was this person, even secularly speaking? Why was one person drawn toward geometry and one person drawn to chemistry? Well, what is that, right? Why? Obviously, because each person has a different, even in a secular sense, a different Shavash Hashem, has a different propensity, right? Uh, nature, nurture, whatever it is, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu implants people in the world to, to move it forward. So aside from the fact that it's not them, Right, be'etzem, and then Hakadosh Baruch Hu is using them to bring new ideas into the world. Aside from that, but the Balatanya in the beginning of in the beginning of Shari Yichrevemuna Parak Aleph Parak Beis, it's not very long. Shari Yichrevemuna is about uh, I don't know 13, 14 prakim. It's a it's a it's a pretty short work, but it's Nichlal Hakol Shari Yichrevemuna. Really, the foundations of the Baal Shem Hakadosh's sort of approach to Emuna and the way that a Chassid is supposed to see the world. And so the Balatanya talks about something over there that, you know, hilariously enough, I don't know, it's not such a chiddush, but the Nefesh Chaim, Mamish, says the same exact thing. Mamish, almost the same words. The same exact nakuda, like I expressed in previous year, and there's very little that's essentially, you know, different. There was a difference in approach. It was a different in focus, a different in stress, you know, but it wasn't two religions. It's Mamish, the same nakuda. It's, a, it's a, you know, it's Anachnu Maminim Bnei Maminim, the Amunah that we received on our Sinai. It was just a question of what to stress for what generation, what the different risks of stressing different parts was. But um, the Balatani over there in the Nefesh Chaim as well draw a mighty distinction between Yesh Me'ayin and Yesh Me'yesh. Yesh Me'yesh, to create something from something else that was already in the world, that was already created, right? To take pieces of wood that came from a tree and turn it into a table is fundamentally different in the sense of the relationship between creator and creation in Yesh Me'yesh than Yesh Me'ayin. What's the difference? Yesh miyesh means that there existed something outside of you that you had no shaykhis with, essentially. You came across a tree that somebody had chopped graciously, or you take an axe and you cut down a tree, that the tree and the wood was there before you came. You assemble it into a table, and in the same way that it was there before you came, it's going to be there after you leave, right? Because there's nothing essential with regard to your own personality in, co in connection to this Indian or to these materials. Mamela, your relationship with that creation is very, very secondary, right? 
It's secondary in the sense that it's not an essential relationship. You built it, it was there before you came. Mamela, after you leave, it's a yesh miyesh, and so it's going to remain there after you leave. But the difference between yesh miyesh and yesh mi'ayin is that when it comes to creation, yesh mi'ayin, which we believe that a Kaddish Baruch created the world and recreates the world each and every moment, yesh mi'ayin, amachadish betuvay, bechal not just every day, but tamid, right? Every, every single millisecond of every day, beyond that, right? Until the, you know, until there's no time, you know? Keep on zooming, zooming, zooming in. If We wouldn't even have the, the ability to measure that. But a Kaddish Baruch Hu is bringing the world into being yesh mi'ayin every moment. What's the difference? Is that yesh mi'ayin, because there was nothing before the creation takes place, there was no materials that were there that then got constructed into another form, and then after the person who created it leaves, they're still there. When it's yesh mi'ayin, so memela, because it's yesh mi'ayin, and because all the materials that are utilized to create something else will only be there if the creator is there because he's the one bringing the materials into being that he then utilizes to construct something. If he were to back away, it would be Ephes Vatayu. There would be nothing there anymore. There's an essential relationship between creator and creation in the sense that Yesh Ayin, because the Ayin comes from within the creator, so to speak, comes from, we spoke about the Man De Nafach, Mitoiche Nafach, we spoke about the breath that a Kaddish Baruch Hu breathes into Ashkoyach, Ashkoyach, Mamash, thank you. No problem, no, we started with this, it's fine. Thank you so, so much, Mamash, Ashkoyach. Right, so this breath that the master of the world breathes out creation, right, and utilizes that breath to speak that Sarah, that fill the whole entire world that we spoke about and the ability to follow through or to enter into Bayal Ateva, like Noach is told, to come into the Teva, not just the Ark, but to come into the words of creation, but certainly the words of Torah and Tzvila, and to trace it back to the root, to find the Kaddish Baruch Hu there. So it's Mamash the same Indian. When a Kaddish Baruch Hu creates the world yesh me'ayin, that means that if we're experiencing creation, that is a creation yesh me'ayin, it means that we're not only experiencing creation, we're experiencing creator. And that Baruch is necessarily here each and every moment, every particle of physicality is being constantly, constantly brought from nothingness into everythingness that we experience, mamish. So that's a, that's a fundamental difference between the yesh meyesh that he's speaking about, all the inventors, all the koichas. There was nobody who invented a musical note. It was there, right, and somebody utilized it in a melody to create the most beautiful melody in the world. Nobody invented electricity. It was a koach that was there that was then channeled. But everything essential in the world is yesh and That's an HaKadosh Baruch Hu's cheshman. Anybody else who comes is basically the yesh meyesh, uh, uh, you know, and that's one of the essential differences between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. A human being cannot create yesh we can create Yishmiyayin. Even the things that, are, that, are, that start from molecules, nothingness, right? For example, the birth of a child that starts from, what does it start from? Nothing. Mamish nothing. But even that, there's, there's chach something, right? And that there's a third partner that mamish comes into that, you know, that, that relationship and mamish takes the, the nothing, right? And turns it into mamish everything in the world, a human being. But there's nothing that a human being can go ahead and create Yishmiyayin, ayin ha, ha, you know, hechlet. Even all of our thoughts, right, are only based on the realities that we're functioning within. Time, space, different ideas that came before us. We can build on those ideas, develop those ideas. But ultimately, only HaKadosh Baruch Hu is creating literally Yeshmi Ayin, Mamish Ayin, that He eventually, when Mashiach comes, will invent or bring into the world the eighth note. What's the eighth note? It's Mamish like Kilu. The biggest, biggest, most musical genius in the world cannot fathom an eighth note because there are currently only seven revealed. Because that's Yesh Miyesh. So he can utilize what's already been discovered, right? Or what our brains can be masik. And he can go ahead and utilize all of those already revealed notes and make a thousand melodies, right? Or infinite number of melodies with, with all the different akudas that go into melody, right? And tone and, and rhythm, the chule, all of the different aspects of melody. But the eighth note, as HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealed another aspect of his God and decided to, to channel another Rechina of Ayin into a new Yesh, right? And that's only by HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, 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 is Yesh Me Ayin. So he says over here, Amr Kol Milamala, really everything that seems to be new is only drawn from above. Ki lo because he wanted the, the ball moved forward technologically or, you know, uh, um, in any aspect, in medicine, and any, any studies or areas of secular wisdom, HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings Chachm into the world. That there's a certain illumination that shines upon this particular person, that he has a brainstorm, right? A lot of the things, by the way, Way. Big, big, you know, discoveries happen by mistake, right? What is that? That's, that's all hashkach, even though they'll be the first to say it, that they happened upon a discovery, right? Eureka. It's like, it just, oh my gosh, it suddenly hits this person. Why? Is he smarter than anybody else? Is he more learned than anybody else? Usually not, right? Most of the time, not. 
So what is it? That means that a Kaddish Baruch is involved in a major way, that even they'll be the first to be maskim, that ultimately to be able to bring something brand new into the world that had to come from above. It had to come from above. It had to come from a place beyond. Who wanted that now is the time that something new should be brought into the world? And who brings down into the world something? And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's coming yesh me'ayin. But when he implants it into this person's mind, he's only ever able to express it in the way of yesh me'ayish. And it's a bechina of uh, not essential to him. Not coming from him. Menachman says that previous generations, these sadiqim, uh, these, sadiqim, these secular uh, philosophers and scientists and, and, and geologists and everything else, they, what do you think? They weren't all studying the same material, given the same set of facts. They were also mamish on that nakuda. So why didn't they discover the breakthrough that this person discovered? Must be that it came, it came in the mala. So why didn't they discover it? Why somebody else? What, what, what changed? When it comes time for this thing to be brought into the world, as I'm a who's bringing it into the world, so he seems to be saying here that even the philosophical speculation that Renachman says stay away from, even that is not even philosophical speculation because even that is only milamala. Everything's milamala. Everything hakol. So Renachman says even this that what you can understand with your limited mind, but why do you have a mind? Who gave you the ability to think? All of it. Is is founded on a moon, and the fact that you have a mind at all, that there's, an, that there's an, a yesh me'ai, and that your mind is a yesh, and that the ideas that you're functioning on, right, is a b'china of yesh, where did that come from? It came from an ayin, right? So even that is tochor atzuf amuna, to a person who really understands. As I'm a snoi tzitzle ha'seich, but as boi oisa ha'chacham, oisa ha'tachbula, ah, here we have the sheets. Yeah, so I apologize, yeah, here you can follow along. Totally. Okay? Ki nishlach lo'im elamala, because it came from above, from the place where it reached him from. says over here, It's certain that these people are not receiving these ideas. All these things are coming from the negative side. Most of the things we have an ability to elevate are certain things in the world that are unelevatable, but that's also in Tanya. But it's not coming. And we're going to see over here from the Beneshchai. Oh, suffer to this. So look at the first. Um, what's that? He's usually saying it's not going to be the Kedushas, it's coming from the Right. It can be coming from neither. There's another point that's called the Klipas Noga, which is not Kedusha, but it's not completely evil. And that's the Klipa that's sort of, it's, it's, it's in Makom, it manifests in the Yardim, which sometimes is Nikhil and Tarit Yisrael, sometimes Nikhil and Tachutz Laaretz. Right? It's, uh, it's Erev Shabbos. If we make an early Shabbos, it's Shabbos. If we don't make an Erev Shabbos, it's Friday. Okay? So there is a Bechino called Klipas Noga, and it's a, big, it's a big beer to be able to really look at the world with an open eye and say, okay, what is this thing? Is this elevatable? Is this something that I can really channel or is it totally Yitzhar? Uh, Ibn Achman says Sitra Achra. He doesn't say Klipas Noga. I don't know exactly. But let's see in the, the Banish Chai how he puts this. But basically in Tanya, without getting into the whole thing now, but the Baal Tanya in the beginning explains, and this is the, the foundation of his whole theology, is that the whole Torah can basically be split into the Bechina of Shalosh Klipas Atmeis Legamri, which is three Nekudas that are completely, completely unelevatable that are hinted to in the Navi Echeskel's vision where Echeskel sees an Eshmas and Anungadal, he sees these three very loud and, and you know you know tremendous and dark and scary and awesome visions. And those three visions that he sees are an aspect of Shalosh Klipos Atmeis Legamri, things that cannot be elevated. Then it says the Pesocha, in, in, in the middle he saw a Noga, and that's the glowing light that that can be Mamish either way, really either way. And then inside of that is the Bechin of Chashmal. And Chashmal is like, we say electricity is Chashmal, but it means buzzing Elokus, and that's Kedusha. And said the Balatanya, the entire Torah can be split among these three categories. The things that are Asr, Ishalosh Klipas Lachmeis Legamri. That's why they're called Asr, because Asr means to be bound. They're, they're not, you can't lift them up. They are tied down in the realm of the, of the Sitra Achra, and that's it. The mitzvos are Bechin of Chashmal, complete Kedusha. 
Everything that's mutter is kudos noga. And it depends how we use it. And that was one of the Baal Shem Chidushim, what he brought down to the world, that really every part of life can be elevated into Kedusha. Why? Because he brought into the world this Nikuda, based on Chaim Vital, I mean, these are not Chidushim, but it was a Chidushim application to really say, open your eyes and realize how much of your life is together Klipas Noga, that if you use it properly, Kamamash built for HaKadosh Baruch Hu Adir Petachdonim, to elevate, to bring the world back to him, to make Bilvavi Mishkan Evda, but to make the world into a Mishkan for the master of the world. That's Hasidus in a nutshell, right? To be able to realize that so much of life has the ability to become part of our Avodah Hashem and to, ch- and to become channeled in a holy way. So look at the Ben Eshchai. In his Sefer Allah Hashana Beis, basically it's a Sefer that he set up, little piske Allah, his dresses that he gave, but he put together always Agada, it's really Kabbalah, a lot of it, but Agada and Halacha. So he begins every drasha, every parsha, it's set up in two years, two years of drashas, and in the beginning of every, it's set up Api the Parsha, meaning, you know, when he was darshaning, and many times the Yom Topim, for example, are connected to different parshas, and that's when he darshan. In Uchaz Purim, for example, parshas Mishpat, and whatever it is, right, around those times. Uh, and so on and so forth but he begins always with a drasha Imam is one of the earliest farm that I learned was the, the, I don't know why but this Ben Eshchai I guess I always saw my father learning it Ben Eshchai Halacha is some of the most incredible incredible Chlal Ben Eshchai is out of this world uh, you know Ben Yoyada unbelievable unbelievable Svarim but listen to what he says Nimsa he says it's at the end of a longer piece he says Kam chidushim hanoladim heim yu atzma when a person has a chiddush in the Torah that you're learning, which we're going to talk about chiddush Torah in a minute, Rabbi Nachman contrasts the chiddushim of the world and the chiddush Torah. In the same way that the Torah is not makabel tumah, our chiddush Torah not makabel tumah. Why? Because the Gemara tells us that kol masha talmud vasik Everything that talmud vasik that a wise student throughout the generations is going to come up with and be mechadish in the Torah was already given to Moshe on our Sinai. I saw in another Sefer that only Moshe Rabbeinu knew all the Chidushin. But each and every person has their Chelik in Torah and outside of Moshe Rabbeinu, no other tzaddik knows everybody else's chiddush. That means that we have something to bring to the table that even the gedoyle adar, the tzaddik adar, the tzaddik adar, they don't have access because each and every one of us has something new to add, right? And so this is the nekuda of chidush Torah that are nichlul in the kedusha of the Torah itself, just like the Torah is not makabal tumah, our own chidush Torah, simple as we think they are. And it's such a big tikkun to write down chidush Torah. It's a big, big tikkun. It's such a major tapias. And other places, Zarakadu says that if a person has a chidush, and he doesn't write it down, he's stealing. Mom is stealing. Hashem gave it to you for a reason. Bring it into the world. It's not yours to keep inside. It's not yours. That's the Zohar. And the Majestal Tapia says that it's in the place of Karbanis. He says, we can't bring Karbanis today, but when a person writes down Chidusha Taira, that's Mom is bringing a Karban. So it's a big tick and to be, to be able to have Chidushim, to trust in our ability to be Mechadish. Rabbi Nachman wanted us very, very powerfully to be Mechadish in his Torah. As long as we're not over on Sifkatan and Shulchan Aruch, he said, but he said, you can twist my words any way you like. Come up with Chidushim. He wanted to give us a Kach Adimi into Kedusha. And it's very easy. Once you really get into the world, the ocean of the Kutumran, you, you see it, you start coming up with so many Chidushim. So the Icarus is to write them down and to, and, and to look out for them. It's a different consciousness when you learn, knowing that you can come up with Chidushim. Like, that's okay. And not only is it okay, it's a big tikkun. Big, big tikkun. Okay? So they're not Mechabal Tumah. Because this is, the, this is what we pass in the Gemara Mechayrus. Hayyotim in Atar. is already Tar. Something that comes out from Tar is going to be Tar as well. A person that goes in the way of philosophy, that's the Bukhina of heresy, right? Because So in that area over here, you see the Beneshchai also talking in this way of, of, of Tumah. Mamish, there's something, there's a Ruach of Tumah there. And again, this, the, the Klipas Naga is also Klipa, it's also Tumah. It's not complete. Tuma, so we have the ability to break it, to shatter it, and to elevate it. We're going to learn about elevating Bezer Hashem and Sicha and Sicha Vav. But over here he also uses this lashon. Even if there are some good things in there that we can apply, that we can utilize, a person should not say, 
El Madavra Toiv Hamuurav Babovad. So let me just take what's good and I'll leave the rest. Ela Harchik Gamidvarm Toivim Shabbat. Distance yourself even from those parts of it that are good, that are pure. Kikivan Chenis Arvu Vinishabru Ima Nasu Kamaya. Because since it was connected to it, it's already becoming like it. Bahalaimidaisam, maybe Rol and Afshain. A person that delves into that kind of Liban and study, maybe Rol and Afshain is ultimately bringing Ra on himself because you're drawing in the place of revelation, you're drawing from the place of Gaiva. You're drawing from the place of our own understanding, even though HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave that to us, but all within the system of revelation. And so, philosopher Kafranis, which is specifically the heresy Shabbai, don't even take the good stuff there because But and this is what the measure says, we say to the bee, it's a mashal, we don't want your honey, we don't want your bite, we don't want, any, we don't want anything to do with you. So we'll save ourselves from getting bitten and we we'll also won't have honey, but it's better for us to just stay away from the Indian Lakamri. If you look at Natanya, this is what we're starting to talk at a little bit, he has a little bit of a different approach, even though Himamish says a lot of this as well, in the sense of the Tuma that, uh, that, that these studies are rooted in. So let's take a look at the Tanya, in Parak Ches. And the Helig Tanya says the following, And the same applies to those that are Oisik and the Chachmas Umas Ha'olam. Bechlal Dvarim Betelim Yichashev Le'inin Avim Bittol Taira. So he doesn't go into the, the Tumadika nature of it, but he says, Stam it's an Aveir because it's Bechlal Bittol Taira. And anything that's not Taira, and anything that's not assisting Torah, which we're going to see how he says in a minute, because the Balatani was a big philosopher. Big, big. And Chabadnikers are so much into Rambam and all that stuff. So, and he's going to mention the Rambam explicitly. We'll get there. But Al-Kalpanim, if it has nothing to do with Tyra and it's not helping, so forget about the nature of philosophy. It's, it's a sin because it's Bittal Tyra. Because it could be, you could be used in that time for something that's, uh, that's Kaddish. But, uh, right? So, so he says, Like I wrote in the, in the Shulchan Archarav with regard to, uh, to Talmud Tyra, that Mamish, you know, it's very intense. You look in, in Shulchan Archarav and Hilchas Talmud Tyra, it's not Pashit. You know, how much a person needs to be learning every second and, and, and Mamish, you know, Bittal Tyra is a real thing. It's a big thing. Thank you so much. But it's even worse, he says. Because aside from the Indian of Dvarim Betelim Shabbai, which is the Chait of Bittal Taira, but there's another Nukuda of Tumah. That's what the Banish Chai said. That's what the Rabbi Nachman says. The Bechina of Tumah, that Shabbai. And here Imamish says it. He says, You're sitting around and talking politics or talking about the big snowstorm or talking about something. But what's it Malbish? It's Malbish, your emotions. You're not really mamming your Chachma into it. It's not, it's not influencing the way that you think, right? It's just Stam. It's Dvar Betelim. You don't have to think much about it, which is why you'd rather do that than learn, because learn takes a gear and something else it's just it's fun to, to talk about right it's not an avoida it's not an avoida so he says it's not so bad and it's not not that it's not so bad it's terrible but it's not as bad as what as philosopher kafranis and the lashon of the banish chai chakiris and the lashon of rabbi nachman these Devarim Betelim don't affect the Chachma Bina B'dasha boy. That's the etzim of who you are, right? That's the essence of who you are. That the Midas are drawn after the Meichin, right? That the main thing is Chachma Bina B'das. How we think influences the way that we feel, but the essence of who you are is in your mind. That's the Adam. That's where the person is, where your Machshava is. You're not saying anything wild or anything deep or anything essential to you. Stam. But when a person is really studying, you know, in an intense way, the Chachmas Umas who Malbishum not just the emotions, but Bachinas Chachma Bina Vadash Benafshelikis, Bitumas, so here he says it, Klipas Naika, right? Here he says it. It's a tuma. And that's what the Baltani said, and that's and, and that, I'm sorry, that's what the Manishai said, and that's what Rabbi Nachman says. They're drawing it from a place of Sitrafra. It's Tuma, but it's Klipas Noga, right? But Tumas, Klipas Noga, Shebechachmas Elu, Shenaflu Shama Bishri that the holy sparks fell into this place and it's, it can be elevated, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's a dangerous engagement, right, with this thing. That's drawing from the, you know, the back 
you know, the back and, the, and, the, and, and that external portion of Chachma, the Kedusha, as those who know as, as Rosh Hashanah, Chachma, Snister, as those that are, you know, familiar with these concepts in Kabbalah, understand. And here he says what the Tikkun of the Klipas Noga will be if you make it into an axe, so to speak, to chop in a positive sense. Either that this is your Panasa and you're a geometry teacher, right, or, or, or you're a philosophy teacher, and you're using that money even though you don't believe in any of the shtuyot but you do it because that's your job what can you do that's the job that you got and then you're able to use that money that you get for Avodah Hashem that's called channeling it right that's called utilizing this that's in the world in a positive way or if you dafka know how to engage with this stuff to utilize it, or Ibn Ahmad would say, just don't, don't bother with it. It's a waste of time. Like, why do that if you can tap into Chachma de Gedusha? But al Kalpanim, there were those that tried and, 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 and succeeded. And there are many that failed. But, and Ibn Ahmad said, we never saw a Yari Shemaim that came out of this, you know, specifically a Yari Shemaim, an Ishkashar Yari Shemaim. But al Kalpanim, there were those that utilized this for their limud hatara for their avodas Hashem. And he says this was the reason. That we do find that they engaged in the study of philosophy because even though it's tumah, even though it's a trachra, klipas noga, and it has the ability to be elevated. And that's uh, an interesting thing to see with the Medashchai and from Rabbi Nachman. So here, the Eliger Rebbe finishes sicha hey. Let's get back into the sicha. The Gam Lahavdil, Rabbi Nachman draws a mighty distinction between those Elu Ha'imrim Pshatim, the Chidushim, the Gemara, Perish Rashi, I'm sorry, not, not that he's drawing a distinction. Well, he is, because he says Lahavdil. When you say Lahavdil, when we want to talk about something similar, but that's completely not what we were speaking about before. But the Gam means to draw a similarity, that it's the same exact way in Chidushi Taira. That in the same way that we discussed, and he's going to say this inside, the same way that we discussed, that those that are originating ideas and secular wisdoms, it's coming in the mala. So, Mamashachidish, and he says, Gemara, you know, Gemara, Perish Rashi, Betoysis, just you're learning a sugya, and you have a new idea, a new mahalach. There's a, you know, like they say, there's like a svara in the room, you know, you don't have it in your hand yet, but there's a, something's opening up. Uh, a new way of thinking, a new way of understanding. Maybe we could touch up Rashi's words this way, the chule. That whole experience of Limanat Torah, the Chadri Torah. It, what, a, what an amazing experience that's never-ending, that's infinite. You should know this, that when you're engaged in this process of coming up with Chidush Torah, be aware that you are engaged in a process of drawing from the realm of Ayin, that it's Yesh Me Ayin, and that HaKadosh Baruch is bringing it into your mind from a place that's above and beyond this world, and that He is present in that experience. You're engaging with the Noisen HaTorah Himself, Hamalami Torah La'ami Yisrael Kipshutai, that He's literally sending these ideas into your mind. He has a relationship with you that's so deep. He's a part of the process. Everything, everything, everything is milamala. It's from Akadish Baruchu. We call Echon Mikabal Mimakam Shemikabal. And every person we, we discussed has a Sherish and Shama. Every person has their own Sinar. Every person has their own Chalik and Torah that we're drawing from. I'm a Makamacham. He says we speak about this in the Kutumran in a different place. Kibivada Yeshpe Inimzea Lafim or Vavis Madregas Mehechen called Echon Echon Mikabal Ara. This Nautitus Besichlam is a Makamashitam like a Chidish Ayachachma. Every person has thousands, trillions of levels, right? From where each person since Neshama is rooted, what your chalik is, what you're drawn to, v'chuleh, v'chuleh. Every generation has their own nikud of what kind of Torah they're learning, what chalik of Torah they're learning. And that's how it is. You know, every person has a different draw. Every person has a lave that's unique. Every person, and Torah contains within itself all of these different aspects that every person's own liba chafetz can find a chafetz, different chafetz in the Torah. And that's where the chidushim are coming from. But the bottom line is, all kinds of innovative ideas that the Chachamim, Shemachat Shema Chachamim, that the Chachamim are being Mechadesh. Hein Bekedusha, whether it's in holiness, Kikayim Shatim, Jerusha, Mechayot, so that we talked about. Hein Lahavdu, but in Chachma Shalahem. Hakol Meshitim Lahem, Meshalchim Lahem, Besichlan Lamalas. Rabbi Nachman says, even those that are big, big, you know, you know uh, secular philosophers founded on heresy, where did their heresy come from? Where did their own, where, where did those ideas come from? That itself, ultimately, the ability to think, the fact that there are facts is itself brings you back to that place of radical amazement, of wonder that we spoke about, that capacity to stand in awe of the fact that we can think that a couple of liquids and molecules that work within this thing called a brain produce actual thoughts as a pele elion. Mamasha pele, pili plois. 
And so that's where Menachem says, ultimately, you always have to fall back on Amuna. Where'd this stuff come from? What's this all about? Ah, call me Lamalo. So why should we spend time on Shushim if we could spend our very short period of time that we have in life drawing from revelation, drawing from the Chachman that HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought into the world? And that's how Rabbi Nachman ends the lengthy Sicha Okay, so let's now jump into Sicha Vav, which is a whole different Akuda. This is one of the most famous Sichas in Sichas Haran, maybe in Kisvei Bresla Bechlal, outside of Azamra, but this is a very, very famous piece. And it seems simple, but I want to I wanna go a little bit be'iyan into some. We're not going to learn many sources inside. We have one. Um, we have one lengthy source that we're going to try to get to. And, uh, okay, so let's, so let's get to it, okay? But first we're going to read the Sicha, yeah, it's another side. So first we're going to read the Sicha, Sicha Vav. And I want to, I want to point out different diyukim as we go along, that it seems, again, it seems like a simple mashal and nimshal, but you have to be ma'amik in every word and every expression and every, not just, not just al-derech remez, rashi tevis, soifet tevis, which Rabbi Nachman said on the uh, tyras that are lashon rabbeinu, that he revealed, like a pasuk, he said, that's how much energy he put into it. Everything, there's not one extra letter, everything added. There are amazing rashi tevis that are pili plies in Lakut Imran. But over here, philosophically, everything Rabbi Nachman said was super, super deep on a philosophical, a spiritual philosophical level to be able really to focus what is he really saying? And so let's dive into this piece together. Vav. It's going to take us a short time to go through but I want to revisit Nikudas. So let's first read it. Tamimus the way that Rabbi Nachman would have wanted us to learn it. Sicha Vav. The Yetzar is comparable to a person that runs among crowds of people. You think about a fair, you think about Times Square, right? Massive people before Corona, how it was, when things were still normal, we'll get back to that and beyond that. The other skura, and this person's hand is closed. The ain adam yedea ma And nobody knows what's in this person's hand. And it begins to fool people. Like tease people. Who can guess? Who can guess? You know, like a street performer. Who can guess what I have in my hand? It's not the greatest act, admittedly, but okay, but this is his Nehuda, okay? And simple-minded people, peasants, they get drawn into it, and people are like, I don't know, what's he holding? What do you think he's holding? And somehow he, mm-hmm. he has these people, Mamish, wrapped up into what he's holding in his hand, and every person, it appears, that it appears to each and every individual that the thing that he most wants, or at least that can fit into a hand, that's what he's holding. Uh, the key to some treasure chest that he always fantasized about, finding and having a key to the treasure chest, or the map to a treasure chest, or this precious diamond that he was always thinking of, or you know, if he's about to get engaged to somebody, he's thinking about maybe an engagement ring. Every person has in his own mind, based on his own Indian, that must be what that person's holding. And every single person starts running. He starts running and everyone starts chasing him because they've made it in their mind. They've gotten to this place where they're convinced and they, they've convinced themselves that he mamish has what they need. And if they can only have what he's holding, maybe he said, whoever can guess what I have gets it. You know, something like that, right? They start running after him. Because everybody thinks that this person has in his hand what he or she needs. And after this long, lengthy chase, he stops abruptly and everybody gathers around him, so waiting expectantly. They're sure that he's going to open his hand and see what they, what they most desire. He opens his hand and there's nothing in there at all. Says the Hilgarebah. This is literally, literally, the Indian of the Yitzhahara, that he fools the whole world. And every single person on some level, in some way, in some form. Because the Yitzhahara doesn't just mean taiva, but it means gaiva. And it means everything that's, ro- that's rooted in an egotistical drive for self-gratification. That's what Yitzhahara is. And so some people, it doesn't look lowly at all. Some people's Yitzhahara could be even a Ruchni, you understand? If it's a self-gratifying experience and it's not about the master of the world, but certainly in an outside, right, a person wants a certain job. Kavod is also Yitzhahara, right? Kin a type of a Kavod, right? All these things is wrapped up in the Nakuda of Yitzhahara, but certainly Taiva, that's the most egotistical, right? That's the most self-serving, self-focused. It's all about you or me 
So everybody is running after him. So every single person engages with the Yitzhahara, certain that the Yitzhahara has what he or she needs. Every person, in accordance with his own Indian, with his own Shtus, what he thinks he needs. But in the end, Basov, we're going we're gonna to go back and darshan on this. Basov, who ultimately he opens his hand, he eats a har of in, but klum, and he has nothing. And there are so many psukim and mamar chazal to this effect. All these, all these nukudis, marban chasa, marbadaga, enada meis, vechatsi tavasa biyadai. All of these mamar chazal, all these psukim speaking about the same exact thing. Speaking about the same thing, ultimately there's no sof where a person says, ah, he got, he got him, you know, we arrived. There's nothing, there's no such thing. It's a never ending cycle of emptiness, trying to fill it. And we're going to learn about that with that which cannot fill the void that we have because the void we have is a void that's ruchni. We'll talk about that and it needs to be filled with something else like gamri. We're going to talk to Hashem on the, on the, we'll turn the page about that. But I'll call Panim Basof, Basof, Basof. He opens his hand. And not just that it was something else. That, okay, like it's a consolation prize. Okay, it wasn't a diamond ring, but it's like $5. Okay, I also think $5. Nothing. Ima klum. Klum. That's muscle number one. I'm going to get back to that. Another mashal. We're going to have to be medayik. Why two mashalim? What does Rabbi Nachman intend to add with this mashal that wasn't already implied in the first mashal? If you have a foggy room, right? Or you have some sort of sauna. And there's, there's mist in the air. And you also have windows that are opened up, you know, to a, to a desert or something. The very strong sun that's shining through the windows. And so this light is filtering into this room. From the light of the sun, like oftentimes we've seen ourselves and experienced. It can look like beams of light, right? Cutting through the room, either coming in, you know, between the shades most often. And it looks like there's something there, right? And it's, it's, it's almost like a person wants to just grab it because like it looks like there's something there. And a person starts trying to grab this pillar of light that's coming in between the shades into this foggy room. But ultimately, there's nothing there. There's nothing in his hand. You're grabbing it. It looks like there's something, but there's nothing. This is, this is the way that all Taivas Elam again, covered and all the different akudas that are wrapped up into a self-serving kind of life in this world that it's not focused on all for the boss, it's not focused on only for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If you start to clog up that sinar and your Ratzon, which is Oisius sinar, becomes something else and you clog it up with your own means, right, with your own interests, ultimately... It's going to be impossible for you to find meaning, lasting meaning, eternal meaning, absolute meaning. What's the difference between these two mashallah? What's the difference between mashal A and mashal B? It appears that the same message is coming out from both of them, that the Taivas of the Yitzhahara are illusory, it's an illusion, and ultimately they leave a person with nothing, right? They leave a person with nothing. Why did Rabbi Nachman bring two mashallah? It wasn't stam, you know. Nothing was stam by him. So before we get into that, I want to read the piece again and I want to, I want to make some diukim here. Let's start from a couple of lines in. To every person, Nidmed appears, that this person that's running you know, between the crowds, who can guess what I have in my hand? Whoever guesses what I have in my hand keeps it, right? That every person thinks that he's holding what he needs. Everybody's running. There's nothing inside. So I mentioned before in passing, this Nikuda of not only is it not what you wanted, but it's nothing at all. But I want to apply this, a little bit sensitive, but I want to apply this mamash to the Indian of, of Kedusha Sabris. And to many, many people, for some reason, it's a crazy thing. 
people assume, either because it's habitual already, many years of a certain cycle of behavior and a certain, and whatever that is emotionally, whatever, it's, it's, it's a big, big sugya, right? And it's far beyond spiritual. It's far beyond, it's connected to a person's emotional makeup and a certain stress release and certain nakudas that are, that, are, that are deep, deep, deep within the nefesh of a person that a person needs to really, you know, take a multifaceted approach to this issue to try, you know, with many, many different strategies or filters goes without saying, obviously, every person on their own Indian and their own, own Madriga. But there seems to be some consensus that I cannot live without this. On whatever Madriga, again, each person could feed their Madriga, right? I cannot live with I cannot live without. I cannot live. I would not be able to function. I cannot live. I have not lived without this. I don't know what life without this looks like. And there's a paradigm shift when you realize that nobody ever died from being Shimer Abris. There was no cause of death that he was Shimer Abris for a full year and he simply dropped dead. He could not continue living. He couldn't do it. Nobody died from being a tzaddik. On the contrary, tzaddikim afilu b'misosim, krim chayim. There's even more life. There's even more life. Nobody died from this. And that means over here what we're saying in, this, in these three words, ve'ein baklum, is that you'll survive. You'll survive. It's not mukhrukh to your existence. Ein baklum. Not only that it's a miserable existence, but at least it's an existence. No, 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 no. No, it is not providing you anything. You don't need it. You do not need it. There is a way of being able to live. You might need a supplement. You might need... You know, there's a lot of different... It's not a Shemir Zabrish here now. There's a lot of different, like I said, there's many different tools out there, first of all. Aside from filters, but there's other things now. Guard Your Eyes is an incredible organization. And they have so many resources for a person who's serious about tackling this issue. But inner emotional work, really understanding, but panemius, the Indian of Hashba and Bris, so many things. But this is an important thing. The Yetzirah has nothing for us. Not even a miserable existence, but a is an existence. Because you can live without it. You can't. No one die from being Shemra Bris. Bake that into your heart for a moment. Nobody ever passed away from Shemir Sabris. In Baklum. That's the first thing. I'll go two lines later. Rabbi Nachman says that every, power, every person is running, running, running after the Yitzhahara. That the Yitzhahara has in his hand something that we need. Now this word basof is intentionally vague because for some people it's right away. For some people, it's mamish, even b'shas ma'isa, a person knows if he's engaged in a lowly thing, we know it's not going to satisfy me, and the moment that it's over, I'm just as empty as I was beforehand, even emptier, and v'chule, v'chule. Some people, that's the sof. But some people, the sof could be many years. But every person has a sof. Bechadre chadarim, b'pnim pnimias. They may be too embarrassed to admit that they wasted their entire lives. But basof, there comes a time, like the Medr says on the Pasuk, HaKadosh Baruch Hu built into darkness that there is an end to darkness. Darkness has an end. And so much of what Rabbi Nachman wants from us, so much of what Rabbi Nassim wants from us is to hang out until the end. That even though it appears to a person as if there's years and decades sometimes of you read us and not stop, and I cannot, and I tried everything, v'chule, v'chule, v'chule. What do you know what tomorrow is going to bring? Kate's Sam Lachoyshech. I mentioned recently, it might have been in the context of this year, I don't remember, forgive me if I already said this, but it's so important to review. In the famous Mashal of Rabbi Nachman, we're not going to go into the whole thing now because I want to get to another story from Rabbi Nachman. In the last 10 minutes we have. But there's a famous mashal Rabbi Nachman that's the mashal of Marar. Maybe I mentioned it to some of you. The mashal of Marar. just mentioned it in a previous year, in a parashat year, last week, two weeks ago. Rabbi Nachman has a mashal that there are two paupers, two Ukrainian paupers. One's a Jew, one's a guy. Best friends in the world. They hang out together. They scrounge, scout, you know, what's the word? Scrounge through the garbage. I don't know if that's the word. Now it is. But they, 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 mom is looking through to find little scraps of, of food to eat. And they're always helping each other. And one day, around springtime, you know, the Jew comes and he says, my friend, Ivan, whatever, Mamish, tonight is our big night. He said, tonight the Jews make a phenomenal feast. And if we're going to come, 
And, uh, you know, they open their doors. Everybody could come and eat. They're going to make a big, big feast. Tonight we're going to eat like kings. He says, I'm in. Great. So they go to a synagogue. They go to a shul. They hang out in the back. And they're the last two people left in the shul. And somebody invariably comes in looking for, you know, if there's anybody that doesn't have a place to eat for the Seder, right? You see these two people. He says, come to my house. They'll eat by me. Okay. It goes. So we're not going to go through the whole routine now. Kadesh. And then Orchatz. Karpas. Yachatz. And the guy's sitting there like, when's the meal? When's the meal? All these ridiculous things. A little bit of, a little bit of wine and then like a bitter radish or potato and then they wash their hands and then they got a cracker on and on and then Mamish they start talking Mamish just going on and on Maggit it goes forever 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 Rachsa again Moitzi Matzah with the cracker and then he's Mamish and it's hours already and he's waiting and he's thinking to himself what a fool you know, you know how much he was fooled by this person and then, you know, finally he sees, okay, they clear the table a little bit and they can start bringing out in bags, you know, there's a white substance, maybe caviar or something like the most fancy delicacy in the world. Only the Jews know about this. He never saw it before. And they start to dole out little bits of this white substance, you know, onto everybody's little crackers over here. And Mamish, you know, he's so excited and he gets his cracker and he waits until everybody's eating and he takes one bite and, you know, he feels this pain, this burning heat shooting up his nose and down into his stomach and his whole face is on fire. And he thinks to himself, like, Mamish, it's the worst. You know, these Jews are terrible and this person took me for a fool. And he spits it out and he throws his plate all over the table and he runs out of the house. A couple of hours later, you know, the Yid comes back to the garbage dump and he kicks him, you know, and he wakes up, he looks up and he starts screaming at him, what do you think, what kind of fool do you think I am? You fooled me, you tricked me. And, you know, he has his belt open already, you know. And he says, he says, if you would have waited five more minutes, you would have had Shulchan Ayrech. If you would have waited five more minutes, you would have had the biggest feast in the world. Rabbi Nachman says, this is how life is. He says, we encounter Mara in our lives, and sometimes we encounter a whole lot of waiting for things that we want. But the Heiliger Rebbe says, don't give up ancient Miyash because you don't know what Hashem has, in plan, has planned for you in the next moment. Do you know that every single minute is brand new. Drawing from new, a new mazel, a new ar. And, and, and the hanhagas of the world are shifting every moment. So what do you, what do you, what is this nikuda that it was always like this and so it's ever, it's always going to be like this. What do you know? And even if a person is not in this consciousness of being aware that the Yitzhahara is mamish klum to the point that we could laugh from the Yitzhahara, that Ibn Achman said if the Gemara didn't tell us that we couldn't say gir sitna, you know, arrows in the eyes of the satan, like I, you, you have no effect over me. Ibn Achman said if Chazal didn't say that we, could, that we couldn't say that, I would say that. Mamish, you know, to laugh at him, he's a joke. The Yitzhahara is pasha a joke. You get to a madriga, you got, of course it's madrigas, 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 but you get to a point where it's like you understand the position of the Yitzhahara so well and his purpose and how to defeat him that he has nothing on you. Nothing. This is the way the tzaddikim live. Nothing. It's a joke. So for many of us, for most of us, maybe for all of us here and anybody listening, we're not on that madriga. And it's not so much a joke. And sometimes he still grabs us. And if it's not in taiva, avayr's gasas, and it's in lashon hara, whatever it is, every person in their own madriga. That's why I say the Yitzhar is much broader than just the Indian of Shemir Sabris. You know, today when people say Yitzhar, they mean Shemir Sabris. There's a lot of other things also, you know. There's a lot of other things also. And all of that is wrapped up into the Bechin of egoism. All of that is wrapped up into the Bechin of self-gratification, of not being a channel for Ruchnius, not being a channel for God's light and to serve our mission as a shliach in this world. But eventually you get to a level where it's basov. But for many of us, we, don't, we haven't encountered that basov. So Rabbi Nachman says, Rabbi Nassim says, keep on waiting. Don't leave the Seder. Don't leave the Seder. Because you never know when Shulchan Aruch is starting. You never know when Kate Sam Lachayshach is kicking in. So that's the Nakuda of Basov, who Paseach is Yad of Eimba Klum. And every person realizes, wow, this is not the way to live, and it's time to live in a different way. What's the distinction between the first mushal and the second mushal? And then we'll get into the Heliga Maisei Me Plump. The, the holy story about the plum, about the, about the pump, Be'ezer Hashem, which is a phenomenal thing in the last 10 minutes. And we, we, I don't know if they're going to have a minute for Marvin this weather. Maybe they will. Uh, we cannot almost make a minute, and we'll see. Um, but if we, if we, you know, we can go a little bit five minutes over because we started late, maybe we will. But what's the difference between the first mushal and the second mushal and the differences like this? Says the Heli Gerebam. It's as if a person wants to grab those amu they are. Now we hear there's a mighty distinction between the mushal as laid out in the first mushal and over here. Why? Because in the first mushal, 
The nakuda of running, running, running after this person was shtus me'ikara. Was shtus me'ikara in the sense that you're, meaning what changed in your day now, what changed was that you have this stranger who is completely, we talked about yesh me'yesh, is completely outside of you, no shaykhs to you, who convinces you in your mind, right, that he has something in a hand that doesn't belong to you. All this stuff is outside of you and your imagination runs wild and mainly you run after him but there was nothing, me'ikara there was nothing. Me'ikara there was nothing. Over here it's a little bit different because it's not his hand, it's your hand. And it's not his ratzon, it's your ratzon. Uki'ilu writes him that you have built in with you a desire to grab. Now the nakuda he is, and this is nuanced, that over here the desire to grab is a holy desire. Unlike over there that the whole thing was triggered by the Yitzhahara, which is this person who comes and says, who knows what's in my hand? That starts the whole process. Over here you feel compelled to grab and that feeling of being compelled is a good thing. That I saw from one of the Sadiqim, it's actually brought in the, in the book, The Story of Our Lives, is the Nakuda of Anuratsim Vehem Ratsim. Why well, didn't it say Kul Anuratsim? Everybody in the world is running. Anuratsim, you know, Latamatara, uh, 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 whatever it is, Labesa Medjus, whatever the Lashin is. Vehem Ratsim Labesa Shachas. Just say Kul Anuratsim. What's the way? Say words. Anuratsim Vehem Ratsim. So I can't remember. It's the Chaban. Somebody says, you know what it means, Anuratsim Vehem Ratsim? Because we're trying to point out to you that it's the same compulsion to run. The anuratzim that we have to the base medrash is the same anuratzim as the heim ratzim. But they don't understand what it is inside of them that's compelling them to search. That's creating that feeling of void of lack. So they try to fill it in be'er shachas, but basof is klum. But the etzem anuratzim is a holy anuratzim. The etzem desire, even though oftentimes it takes the form of something negative, it's because we just don't know what we really want until we think we want that. And says Rabbi Nachman, you know how ridiculous that is because you're trying to capture something ruchni, right, or something non-tangible with your hand. So what is that? That's ridiculous. And flip the muscle now. Says Rabbi Nachman, you have a ruchni's hand, right, which is composed of the R, right, inside, anuratzim, and you're trying to grab it, something gashmi. Those two things don't have no shaykhs. The Baltanya, you know, I think it's in, in, in the Garis HaKodesh. can't remember right now. Maybe it's in, in Shaykh of Amuna toward the end. But the Baltanya has this muscle where he tries to say that it's so impossible to, grant, to say, Ki'ilu, that ain anu hasaga. You know, we have, we have no hasaga in our Kodesh Baruch Hu. That lays machshavat fisa beklal, like the Zohar Kodesh says. Our mind cannot grasp our Kodesh Baruch Hu. He says that is so inadequate and ridiculous. You know what that's saying? Because we have, not, we have no other words to describe that. How in our ungraspable our Kodesh Baruch Hu is. But he says that's like a person saying, wow, that thought was so deep, I couldn't even hold it in my hand. It's not, it's not the same nukuda, right? It's not the same, it doesn't function in the same category of things that can grasp and can be grasped. It's, the machshav has no, has no chance of grasping a Kaddish Baruch. It's like a hand trying to grasp a thought. It's not, it's not simply that it's too big and so I can't hold it, but it's essentially holdable. I just don't have capacity to hold it. It's, it's a different category. It's not, it's, it's, not, it's not the same thing. They're trying to smell a sound. All these things. There's something to that. But over here in the, in the context of this muscle, the grabbing and the desire to grab is holy. It's good. You have to channel it. You have to know what it is in you that's pushing you to grab. And grab what's in the same category. That you have a ruchni Indian of anuratzin. Grab ruchni is. But over here, it's not the same category. And so you have a physical hand, and in the nimshal, it's a little complicated, and the nimshal is a ruchni, a stick of desire to grab, trying to grab something ruchni, which is something physical, right, in the, in, the, in the nimshal. So it's not the same category, it just doesn't go. But once we realize this, we're able to channel, we're able to redirect all of those retzainas that we have to something holy, to something pure in the proper way. Okay, let's jump in very, very quickly. We're going to do this quickly. The last couple of minutes left. This story is brought, like the story of the Marar also, it's not one of Rabbi Nachman's stories, it's not Sipur Maisei, the 13 stories, but there are stories that are brought at the end, Maisei Mibitachin, Maisei Alechem is one of the hidden stories, uh, different, there, there are different stories that were recorded in different svarim of Kisrei Breslov, and this is called the Maisei Plump, which in Ukrainian means pump, 
Okay, the story of the plume. What's that? It was originally printed in the end of Sporomysius. Now I just looked in the actual Sporomysius. I couldn't find it. But in the in the previous version, that's where in the Sefer where I saw this. That's where that's it's at Osafas the Sporomysius. Maybe it's from Chaim Aran. I don't know exactly. But let's do this quickly. We have a few minutes left. The Sporomysir Benachem told somewhat of a comedic story, a funny story. So but not funny at all. Very very sad. Very tragic. This person didn't believe, and there's, it's, it's bold because it's connected to what we just learned. He didn't believe that there are those that come to fool, to be mata the world. Like many times, right? That the Yetzirah comes and tricks us and fools us and makes a mockery of us. He makes it like he's our friend and he stabs us on the back at the end. You know how it goes, the same Sipur. He didn't believe this. One night, one of these ruchniyastik alaitzim came to attack him. And he called this person outside his house and he says, Hey, come outside, I have something to show you. He came outside. And this late, again, this ruchni sort of shindalit, I don't know what it was exactly. But he said, You know, I have a beautiful look at this horse, a beautiful horse to sell. And he looked, oh, hey, such a beautiful horse. He never saw such a horse like this, which are very, very expensive horses, even now, certainly then. He says, Come out the road, so like, how much do you want for it? He says, Just four gold coins. And this person realized, I don't know exactly what this word is, but Shufi, I don't know if it shows up anywhere else aside from this because I Google searched it and this came up. So I don't know, maybe it means like, a, like Ukrainian for shop, Bishupe in, in the shops. I don't know exactly. Um, because in Hebrew, shop is Shinvav Pei. I don't know exactly. But he knows that it can go for Shmoyna Adum. And Mamashi can sell it for double the price. It's a bargain, bargain, bargain of a deal. It's an amazing horse. And right away he goes ahead and he buys this horse for Arba Adumim without a question. And he says, I bought this thing, Mamish, for half price. Mamish for half price. And if you're talking about like $1,000, it's a good deal. It's not just uh, for $5 where it was 10 It's a lot of money he saved. Mamish, a lot of money. So the next day he says, okay, obviously he's going to flip it without a question. He's going to go to the, he's going to go. And now, you know, he made a good four, $4,000, whatever it was, right? And he stands up there with his beautiful horse. And certain people come and they're trying to offer him money. And he said, He says, even if I charge eight, I could probably charge 16. That's such a nice horse, better than what they're trying to give me. And so he went right there with the horse. They said, okay, we'll pay you 16. It's probably even worth even more than what he's trying to give me for sure. And it went onward. It came in from, from four... From eight, whatever, gold coins, thousands of gold coins. And he kept on going and refusing. Every person wants to pay him more. And he says, no, 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 I'm holding out, I'm holding out, I'm holding out. And he didn't want to sell it to anybody. It's, it's, it's even worth, even more than what they're giving me. I can make even more. Until there was nobody who had enough money to buy this horse that he was mamash making to a big deal. You should know that I saw in the news that there was this person that uh, made clothes very, very cheaply in China and cre- charged a phenomenal amount for them and made it like it was this very fancy brand. And people were mamish buying this stuff for thousands of dollars because he priced it that way and he marketed it that way. Mimela, it became its own value of people saying, wow, this is a brand to buy because it was so expensive, not because Be'etzim was expensive. And it's, you know, Lechu Gemara, all, all the brands are like that. It's not, you're not paying thousands of dollars for a belt. What do you pay for already? You know how much it costs? Stuyot, this whole world is heavily of all such Anyway, so that's the Nakudi here. Mamash is holding out. And only the Melech could buy. By Lichel Melech, he goes to the king. The king wants to give him so much money. It was a beautiful horse. He says to the king, sorry, turning down. There's nobody who has more money. What are you holding out for? That's very nice. He goes home with his horse. <laughs> a successful day. I mean, what? He takes the sis. Now this, you know, can imagine how much more, you know, the sis is valued now. I mean, you know, the king was willing to pay for it to buy it. And he goes, he needs to, the horse needs to drink. He takes into a pump. Right? He goes and he brings this horse to, to, the, to, the, to the pump to, to, uh, to, to water this horse and give it to drink. And guess what happened? And the horse jumped into the pump. 
and it was gone. It disappeared. Because the whole thing was an illusion again. There was not really a sus. It was just a mice that him, the whole thing. And he started screaming. Many people came to run to see what's this person screaming about. What are you screaming? He answers then. My horse jumped into the, to the pump, to like a little pipe. So they hit they started hitting him. It's like you're a crazy person. Why? Why are you taking us away from what we were doing? Right? The neck of the little hole of the pump is very, very narrow. A horse can't jump in to a little tiny thing. It's ridiculous. And Imamish wanted to leave because he said, These people are attacking me. I can't, I can't, I want to leave. Right? As he's leaving, again, it's all a demayon. He sees that the horse, he sees the little face of the horse sticking out of the pipe. He goes crazy. Like Shane is never come. You see the horse and the pipe screaming. They're hitting him. There's nothing there. And he wanted to leave again, but he takes one little last glance back at the pipe. And what did he see? He sees that horse just sticking his head out of the pipe again. And he spends his whole life sitting by this pump with the little face of the horse that he wanted to sell and that he never sold because he was holding out. And the whole thing is Misa lights him. The whole thing is a dimayon. And this is how we are. This is is how we are. We wait and we hold Adam and say, ah, okay, the Yitzhar wants to give us this amount. Okay, for that in Hanami, it's not really worth losing the whole Yiddishkeit. But yeah, I'm sure he has more to give me. So I'll hang out with him another 15 minutes. Maybe there's going to be a bigger taiva. Maybe there's going to be a bigger tining that will then be worth it. And it turns out that at the end, at the end, at the end, there's weiter nothing. And then there's weiter nothing. And shuv weiter nothing. But he keeps on teasing us and keeps on sticking his little face out of the pipe to come and draw us back. But however, it's a dimyun echad gadol. This world is havle havolim mamish hakol hevel kapshutei hakol hevel hakol hevel. That's the Indian of the Yitzhahara that's running beimene adam with his hand up high, holding this thing that he has nothing in but klum, and that we feel compelled to grab something. And the feeling of being compelled is a good thing. Mia balabira. That's really the question. Mia balabira. You know what the Kaddish Baruch Hu tells Avraham Avinu? Lech lecha. Stop trying to go around all the world looking for me. Go inside. Go inside, and you'll find what you're looking for. This is the nakuda tamim that we spoke about, basics, revelation, now without all the stupid complexities, it's hevel. We're only in this world, we should all live long and happy for 120 years, not that long. Let's make use of every moment, tire and avoid the davenin and learning and davenin. To make every moment count, to really make every moment count and to take these little moments of finite time and lift them up into infinity, to eternal meaning. With the help of the master of the world. Thank you so, so much for coming and uh, no, we caught up. Okay, so next time we'll start with uh, Sikha Zayin. Thank you.